You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Hawkins Labs in the Upside Down. All right, Vocal Fam, here we are. One more time. This is it for real. You didn't know it wasn't for real the first time. You thought Surprise. this was real before, but actually, now it's for real, and we are doing an old-school vocal fry. You know why? Because it's social distancing Saturday, and everybody needs a virtual hug. And so, mm-hmm. the original crew is here, Michael, Sarah, and I, as if we were all in Avon 209, and we're just going to imagine that it's just like it was 2017, and here we are running a podcast that we don't know how to run. And Michael's Who eating. Who says that's not still true? Yeah. <laughs> already eating all the snacks. Yes, Michael. Today, uh, today, buddy, I, I made I made pimento cheese from scratch because I miss the South. I don't miss everything about the South, but I miss pimento cheese for sure. I don't miss the ants, but I miss the pimento cheese. <laughs> ants yeah you know ants were an interesting thing when i got here i didn't realize that fire ants were so prevalent anyway because we don't have them in miami and oh and i don't maybe i just never walked on grass in texas (laughs) (laughs) hashtag wait are y'all saying that there aren't that like ants aren't that big of a deal other place like for real yeah, we never no, have them in the north. there aren't little mountains of ants everywhere. No. no. There aren't little mountains of like ants Like ant hills, ants just on the sidewalks, ants in your ants. house. I mean, they have ants. Like on the, so- like on the sidewalk where like every 20 feet in Hattiesburg, there's like a little mound with ants coming yeah. out of it that are trying to eat and like kill you. Yeah, no, yeah. that's not a thing up north. Because the winters are cold enough up here that every year it kills them, so they have to start their society from scratch. You know? Huh. They don't get to build the Ant Library of Alexandria. I don't think, honestly, I've never even, like, thought about... I mean, yeah, like, I see ants all the time, but it's not like when I'm walking around, I'm like, oh, another anthill. Like, they're just ants. Like, it'd be like if I walked around going, grass! Look at all the grass! You know? Like, it's just ants. Listen, Sarah. And listen, listen, both of them. Let me tell you, the very first time... Nope. Okay. I'll just tell you guys, I I started the Impulse Eatatums just now because it looked like candy (laughs) and it was on my desk. That's all. Um, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'm just talking and moving my hands around involuntarily. But listen, once one time, when I first moved to Mississippi, I was <laughs> I was in my room, and this like horrifying giant monster crawled crawled across my room. It was the first time I'd seen it. I mean, understand? Like up north, the winters are cold enough that the cockroaches don't get very big. But in Mississippi, they're, they're like huge. the size of a fun-sized candy bar, okay? And I was like, I freaked out. My friend was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, that is the biggest bug I've ever seen. And he was like, Michael, that was a little one. And in that moment, I thought, should I move away? Should I just, like, not start graduate school and just leave? Because that was the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. 
I mean, even we are horrified of cockroaches. Like, yeah, I literally it was huge, Sarah. It was huge. See, I remember. I know. I believe you. I one time I was supposed. To, I got up on a Sunday morning and I had a church job, and I go to take a shower, and there's cockroach in the tub. And what do you do? I mean, I know most people would say, Sarah, just kill it. But but the idea of smushing it and knowing the crunch and the gut, bleh, bleh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I spent an hour trying. I threw rain boots at it, trying to kill it. Then <laughs> at one point, I, I still had one rain boot and it had like crawling into a corner. And so I sat there and finally I was like, fine, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill it. And I took the rain boot and I like smashed, 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 smashed against the wall thinking I've killed it. This is it. And that little creature had gotten in the corner and the boot had never reached it because of how the corner was. It had fooled me. And so what I finally did, guys, I vacuumed it up. And then I put the vacuum outside on the terrace and I made Jamie come empty the vacuum <laughs> and disinfected it. This reminds me of a story. I mean, I, when I had moved to Miami, I can relate because, of course, I had not. I had grown up in the north where, yes, cockroaches exist, but not the size that they do in the south. And I remember going to Miami and seeing like a true what they often refer to as like a water bug or a palmetto bug, which is yeah. like a giant, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. They're big. Like four inches. Oh, this one was like four inches long and in the stairwell of the dorm. Um, and uh, so I, I, I will relate to that. But I, your story about the vacuum reminds me of a story. And I might have told this on the podcast before. Uh, when I was in college, it was like 1230 in the morning, like middle of the night. And my roommate and I were still watching Star Trek The Next Generation, as David and I had a predilection to do. And... Um, uh, I get a call from Mandy. We had not been dating long at all. And I get a call and she's like, you have to come over here. We're all trying to get a frog out of the tub. And I was like, it's the, it's the middle of the night. I've got like my pajamas on. Like what, you know, yeah, but there's a frog. I, I, I didn't, I mean, I was just like, I don't know, put a bowl over it or something. I mean, a bowl. It's going to hop away. Well, I think they eventually took care of it, but oh my gosh! I didn't win you never many. Went. No, I didn't win many boyfriend points that night. I'll tell you I that. No, you did not. Oh my god! No, you did not. Say, I, I thought the story was going to go, so I went over and did it, and that was the day that Mandy knew I would be a good husband and father to our children no. because I would be the one to get the frog out of the tub. <laughs> that is not how <laughs> that story no. went. It's really not. That is not oh how that gosh. story went. Um, yeah. Okay, this is. I'm gonna tell you all a story that my sister doesn't even know about herself. So when we were, yeah, she doesn't even know. I mean, she, she's not gonna listen to this, so it's okay. She'll still live in bliss, ignorance. We, when I was in high school, we did a mission trip. Our youth group would go on a mission trip every kind of beginning of the summer. And one year, we went to somewhere in. Um, in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. It was a little suburb, but it'd been hit like, you know, stuff from Katrina was still pretty bad and stuff like that. Like, so we went to kind of clean things up and we stayed in this old church and had to like, anyway, we were stayed in this old church and it's in Louisiana. And so, you know, cockroaches are a thing. Water yeah. bugs are a thing. Oh yeah. Well, little did my sister know that one night, uh, as people, she'd like gone to sleep like an hour before, but other people are still milling around and like 
this huge cockroach lands on her face. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, and she just, like, woke up, and she thought that somebody had just brushed her face. It still woke up screaming, and we all thought she knew it had been a cockroach, but she was like, why would y'all do that? We were like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 we're so mean, yep, okay. And nobody ever told her that there was a cockroach on her face because y'all don't know my sister, but that would not... That would not have gone do- down well at all. And to this day, she has no idea that she just was snoozing. I mean, when I say cockroach was on her face, I mean, like, nose. I, what? Right. Yeah, that's bad. We never told her that. I probably won't ever tell her. Yes. She does are some things you just don't tell people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Vocal Fam, just, just to give you a little uh, uh, update, um, Sarah and Michael and I are doing a little bit of an experiment today. Um, and we're actually, you're hearing Sarah, you're hearing me captured directly, um, obviously, because I'm just recording onto my mic, um, but you're hearing Sarah and Michael, um, this week, uh, or the week before, Dr. Howell had, uh, introduced me to Source Elements, which is one of the many, um, programs that are currently online for connecting pro audio users uh you may have seen the video on for something called audio movers listen to which is one word listen to um uh, and I, we just we just thought we would experiment a little bit. I've actually used Source Connect, which is only in beta right now. Uh, you can go to their website, which is sourceelements.com. That has a hyphen between source and elements. But we're using Source Connect now, which is only in beta. Um, currently, in a beta version, it's free. And so you're hearing Michael and Sarah's signal captured from my laptop's, obviously, headphone jack into the Zoom. Um, we had to throttle their, their their speeds down a little bit so that their internet speeds would handle it. Um, on the mono setting, it will go the whole way up to 256 uh, kilobytes per second in terms of the sampling rate. But um, we had to slow Michael down to 64, uh, and we slowed Sarah down to 96. This is not like a derogatory statement against their internet quality. Um, but we also know that Sarah's husband is currently streaming gaming on another computer yeah. in their yeah, yeah. home. Uh, interestingly enough, Sarah, are yet. you on Wi-Fi? I am. So I actually probably think he, it has more to do with your Wi-Fi than your internet. He has, um, I think he's streaming. Are you plugged into Ethernet or are you on Wi-Fi too? Yeah, I'm Oh yeah, and Jamie's on the Ethernet. He, right, and so the Ethernet is, is 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 probably why we couldn't at least connect at one twenty eight. Yeah. But um, as Sarah had demonstrated, and and I had my wife do for my acoustics class earlier this week, this is a solution that will allow for loud noises without distortion. We are actually looking at each other currently on Skype, not even on Zoom, and we have our audio muted on Skype and uh, to prevent echo happening um, with doubling audio signal. And we all are on headphones right now, which is currently a detraction from this process if you're trying to teach a singing lesson. Although I will tell you that I taught a lesson yesterday using Source Connect um, 
where uh, I did I had headphones in and was listening through headphones, but the student went ahead and left theirs out, and and they did not get echo when I spoke, but I got echo when I spoke, and they of course didn't notice anything when they were singing because they were singing. Um, yeah. And so the best here's the best part about this. It has some limitations. Um, it it um, will take care of the audio quality if you have a fast enough internet connection, if your computer processor is fast enough, and mm-hmm. you must be on a laptop or a computer. You can't currently use it on iOS or Android. However... The lesson that I'm telling you about yesterday was on a Chromebook, which I've been so complaining about for the last six weeks. And I had the best audio quality I've had all semester from any student, except for the lesson that I did using Source Connect with a student who has an external audio interface and condenser microphone. Obviously, and that student, again, singing rock music, had his in-ear monitors in, so he had earphones in as he had custom them ears in um and nice. so using this we actually both throttled ourselves up to the best mono signal we could have and we had we were going at 256 kbbs which allowed incredible clarity i mean we probably didn't even need that clarity but but you know to give you an example mp3s are i think are sampled at 320 um if i'm correct um that's correct and and the stereo setting of this will go up will go up that high i've been trying to avoid um using the stereo setting mostly i mean i guess i could have with 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 mark um with the with the student singing the rock stuff um because i might get his signal stereo anyway but i've been trying to avoid using a stereo signal uh with my classical singers because normally i'm hearing them in the room and i'm only getting them from one direction mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So anyway, I just, this is a huge leap forward and I I will thank um, Ian Howell and Kayla Godero for continuing to try to, as they work at NEC, to continuing to try to figure out, I mean, obviously our paper we released on the audio of the video conferencing platforms themselves, but to give you an example, Zoom, even with the enhanced audio activated, goes up to 32 Michael right now is just on his onboard microphone or earphone microphone and is at 64, you know? And so, I mean, he's already doubled the bit rate for zoom. Um, Mm -hmm. Sarah's at 96 right now. That's triple. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, you figure this, I, here's what I felt. I felt like this allows me, if my students have a laptop and by the way, this Source Connect currently just runs through Chrome. All I have to do is send my student a link and a pass key, and they nice. can log on. They do not need to have their own account, nor, and this is one of the problems with some of these other similar softwares. A lot of the other similar softwares, you have to go through your digital audio workstation in order to route the audio. In this, yeah. you do not have to do that. It's just open up Chrome, and voila, you can have practically up, if you have the right equipment and a fast enough internet speed, you could practically have studio quality audio. Um, it does, it will never fix the latency problem. 
You know, you're not going to be able to accompany yeah. your students still because that breaks the oh, laws wow. of physics. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Alas. Yeah, but, when you figure out time travel, not, let us know. Give us a call. We we have some really um, we have some thoughts about time travel on the Vocal Fry podcast. Oh, of um, course. <laughs> but I'll tell you that as far as like not being able to accompany students, I'm app companist has been just a lifesaver for me with yeah. mine, especially the fact that I can add in. Like, I can have them enable the aspect that plays the melody. Because, like... Huge help. They're, they're kids. They, they need to hear the melody. Even for my college students, as we were really getting into maybe pieces we hadn't really worked on much throughout the yes. semester. Yes. Um, no, I, uh, that's a huge thing. I will say my one thing, and I love App Companist. I mean, if App yeah. Companist would like to sponsor the Vocal Fry podcast... <laughs> um, contact us. But, please. Um, what I would say about app companist my maybe one and i haven't played with the editing tool enough to know if you can actually do this i've tried but what's it seems complicated when i tried it is it is can you actually shift the tempo of certain sections yes so you can actually take a section edit it and just change the tempo for that for that section. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that I found to be a challenge with some pieces is that some start at a tempo and then it's like at an unsingable tempo it, in another section. It's a little difficult because you have to like drop a marker and I, it's possible because I've played with it some, but not to probably the degree I should have. It's like you can only drop the mark- marker while it's playing through though. Mm. You, so you have to like be playing the song and you have to like at that moment you have to hit really quick like oh that's where I want the mark. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah, and then I... you can go back and change the tempo with those marks. That's what I've had to do. Again, it's possible that like I'm just doing it wrong. Yeah, well I was trying to just use the software a little bit myself because mm-hmm. I like it enough that I think I'm going to keep my subscription. Yeah, same. And the th- like if it's something that has basically a consistent tempo throughout like um, one, one of my grads was using it for a handle aria it was great it's one tempo mm-hmm. it just start and go and it was great it's great it provided them an actual accompaniment accompanist to work with essentially but for <laughs> stuff that has a lot of rubato i've found it to be very challenging like any yes. of the tosti songs um yes. certain arias i've found it to be a challenge. We, well, I, I had been, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I'm, well, this is a little bit of a topic shift. Oh, not topic shift, but in the same realm, do your thought first. Oh, oh I was going to say, I had a student who was, who's singing their worst things I could do from Greece. And that opening, I say page, just that opening section, I never realized just how much rubato there is yep. that. And there's so much give and take, and you just can't do it. I mean, we literally ended up having to sit down, and I had to walk her through, this is the word you should be singing when this chord plays. This is the word you need to sing here. Like, these are the points where I need you to match up, because, like, it just... And there was there's no way to sit there and change. Like, it would just be too much work to, to change it for her on well, every single one. Especially because she's not a machine. She might do it differently every time. Exactly. So, and so it is like you kind of... What I've found is it's like they have to practice with it enough that they basically mm-hmm. sync with it. it. Exactly. Like, we had to find 
kind of points that she knew to come back to, like, okay, there's going to be three chords rolled, and, and then I need to keep going. And I will admit, I had one or two students who honestly, even with, like, something as simple as the 24 Italian art songs, find accompaniments that they preferred on the internet on YouTube. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. To the only thing I will say that's nice for me is a lot of my students because they're young it is forcing them to actually listen to the accompaniments because before one of the crutches like if I was accompanying them they would you know they're just they're young singers and they don't know as much about rhythm tempo and so they have a tendency to speed up slow down do whatever they just heard as opposed to really trying to learn correctly and this is forcing them to have to listen to the music not just Sing. Uh, agreed. I'll just say one thing before we change gears, Michael, to what you wanted to mention. Um, you know, going back to source elements for just a second, I finally feel like, and did I, if, forgive me if I've already said this, but it was a point I wanted to make about it before we just left it. I feel like with this audio routing, if my, if, if everybody has internet, decent internet, in fact, I had a colleague yesterday who I did a call with using Source Elements. They had a very fast computer, but their mm-hmm. internet was DSL. Oh, but no. they But they were direct wired into the DSL on a decent computer okay. on Ethernet, or with an Ethernet okay. cable. Yeah. And it worked at 128. Okay. Wow. So I think it's sometimes more, we underestimate the need for CPU power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that may be the issue that I'm having. And a wired I mean, connection. Yeah. And a wired yeah. connection to the router. And if you have a router, any router has an Ethernet out. Well, that's the thing. I and probably, Ethernet cables are 10 bucks. If I wired into my Ethernet, like, I bet I, I could bet kind you'd of, be fine. I bet you could throw it Because my computer's. Yeah, like, this is the computer I play games on. Like, if it can handle World of Warcraft, it, it can handle, so, you know, so, whatever. But here's my point. Yes. If. They have internet and they can be wired and they have a decent laptop. Currently, mm-hmm. this is free. Eventually, it will become a subscription, but I think only the teacher would need the subscription, not the students. Which is nice. And it's just a Chrome extension, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, two things. One, I could offer the same in person experience practice practically that that mm-hmm. I'm offering online as in person. And two, um, I feel like I can make the case for people purchasing external audio equipment. Even if that purchase is up to <laughs> 200 bucks, you know, a, a, about a hunt, say you go with the Personas or the Focusrite Scarlett preamp and you buy a $100 condenser mic. Or uh, better yet, if you're teaching classical, a $100 Omni mic. I feel like, because with classical singing or instrumental singing, we want to hear, or instrumental playing, the we want to hear the room. Oh, yeah. I feel like I can make the case for saying, if you spend 200 bucks, we can really do this. And $10 for an Ethernet cable. Um, yeah. Well, but I think that that sets the student up well. I think... I mean, we've talked about this a million times, how um, students, whether commercial or classical or musical theater or whatever, are generally not set up well to survive in today's um, music climate by the academy. 
you know, like they, like they don't know things like how do I, how do I like, what is, um, like a digital audio interface, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like people who are like, I mean, classical singers and musical theater singers still need to know what these devices are because one day they're going to want to put a YouTube video out because they're going to want to make money (laughs) in their life. You know? Well, and I think it's different in still in terms of releasing video, because yes. honestly, right now, if we're just talking about recording a performance of a song, the iPhone will do a way better job than anything that we're using to 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 <coughs> teach online. Yeah, sure. Um, but if I'm just you, happy someone's going to have that equipment lying around. Yes. And I, yes. I think I think that is a very valid point, though, that you make, Michael, in that we need to be certain that we are at least educating our students about at least a digital audio workstation as simple as Audacity or GarageBand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they all need to be pro users of either Pro Tools or Logic. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. I'm not saying no. I don't know that I'm ready to say yes about that. Right. But right. we all need to, at this point, shift to understanding the basics of audio processing. Yeah. yeah. Which we should have done a while ago, anyways, I feel like. At the same time, probably. Even 15 years ago, this was much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, and so that... Nope, my brain turned off. I don't remember what I <laughs> Do you remember what you me? I stopped and it just stalled. It just all stopped. From a minute ago? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, so this is actually a point back about app companies, but uh, kind of goes in with all of this, because some of what we're talking about here, um, you know, it's such, a, it's such a funny kind of thing we're doing right now. Um you know, we're talking about very modern, uh, whether app companist or Source Connect or, or, or just, just how, how signal chain works, that kind of thing. We're talking about these things, very modern ideas that are, but we're trying to like retrofit these things for classical singing in many, in many instances. Um, and it brings up some issues because um, I, when I think about, okay, so I'm, I'm always thinking about this thing. It's like, who is supposed to to hold the beat and lead and uh, in, in a given song, is it the accompanist uh, or is it the singer? Okay, um, I, I'd argue that a lot of uh, pretty much all commercial music, the accompaniment um, is the one driving is driving force. You know, or the, the drum. The, the beats just right, right. I mean, one or mm. you know what, but the same idea. The the singer is not going to is not generally going to slow down. And uh, and the the dance track slows down. Right. No. 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 Yeah. It just yeah. keeps going. I mean, it, <clears throat> whereas classical singing, by and large, I mean, uh, I had a you know, I had a teacher one time, and he told me <laughs> that the only two truly metrical kinds of music in the whole world was rock and roll and marching band music. Well, and um, EDM, and of course, I, I would put into those popular styles now, but. Yes, yes, yes. This was 2009, Nick Perna. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. 2009. What a time to be alive! What a time to be alive. Adam like, Lambert was relevant. Black Eyed um, Peas. Like, Black Eyed Peas 
existed. Oh my goodness. That was a thing. Um, yeah. People played li- people people played live music. I uh, know. Oh, um, well, okay. But the people well, sang soon. in choirs. Too soon. It's too soon. Anyways, back on track here. The, the point is this is App Companies is really... I think App Companies is exceptional for things like musical theater pieces. Many of them. Many, many. of the more contemporary ones. Yeah. Um, not all of them, but many of them. The, the issue that I have is that it really trains a student um, to, to listen to the accompaniment and ha- and follow the accompanist, which yeah. as a as a as an artist is not what you're supposed to do. I mean, even in pop music, I, I mean, I think about something like um, shoot any of Michael Jackson's live performances, but also um, I think the best one I can is Christina Aguilera's "Ain't No Other Man," where it just plays some stuff and then it opens up and then she sings this crazy run all the way through and then she signals the band and then it starts like. In live, she will she will stretch that thing out, you know. Right. It might last five five seconds longer, or it might be short, you know. And, and we lose that play and that ability as an artist. And for, for people, you know, who are maybe at a at an upper upper level, it doesn't matter so much. They understand the limitations. But when, I'm thinking about like when I was a high school teacher. Not was even five six years ago kids would come in with these youtube accompaniments right and it was very difficult for me to get them to understand like you set the tempo you know yeah like you start singing and i'm gonna start playing whatever you pick that's what you're gonna do you know and 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 if you push i'm gonna go with you those are these are important collaborative skills that we're we're not doing right now and i understand like the nature of quarantine is that there's not a lot of personal collaboration happening anywhere but it well, is an issue, particularly given the genres we're working in. I, I yes, I, I I totally agree with that. Just as a response, and this is a big picture thing, but I will say, well, very quickly, um, last night the Berlin Philharmonic did give its first post quarantine performance. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It was a chamber performance, only about maybe sixteen players on the stage plus a conductor. All right. Um, they they very much spaced out on the stage. There was obviously no audience. Uh, they 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 played a couple of pieces that are chamber pieces. One by Ligeti and one that I can't remember. They played the arrangement, the reduction of Mahler four that was done for that Schoenberg Composition Society that's the same reduction that I've done of Das Lied von der Erde. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they ended with The Barber. Um, Mm. uh, It was live-streamed, and this was live-streamed for free, I think. Um, But I I, I think, you know, I I wanted to say this today, and, and I think there's a point. I read a blog post this week, or two actually, on the fact that this whole thing may save the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And both of the posts, and we can get into that in a second, but both of the posts... I took a real turn. I just want to point that well, out. No, hold on. I'm vocal fry of all moments. Both posts talked about how the Marvel, the, the MCU needed a longer break than they were giving it, even though they were giving it a year. Oh, well, yeah, nine, yeah. nine months. Nine months. That so, it yeah. needed longer to sit. Because the idea of the old adage of the absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
Yeah. And I okay. do think, I think that art, that live performance art still matters to people. Mm-hmm. So. And, and I mean that in any genre of music. I think it matters to rock music. I think it matters to country music. I think it matters to classical music. I think it matters to musical theater. I think it matters to theater itself. I think live performance of art, of choir concert, uh, orchestra concert, whatever. Live art still matters. Mm -hmm. And I think we can't take the idea that forever art will be only on the internet because the reality is as we're already seeing not to get political about this but society is trying to reopen in some ways in safe ways and and more importantly what i will say is i think we're all hopeful that in x number of months there will be a vaccine for this yes 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 and which will allow us to be more mobile the idea being that at some point we are going to make music again in corporately. Um, and I mean that for all of those things I just named in terms of just art making, but I also mean that in terms of our churches being able to worship together again and make mm-hmm. music together again um, and sing together again, which is currently, from what I understand, unsafe. So, but I think there's a longing for that all of those things I just named and I think we have an opportunity to seize the moment and demonstrate what these art forms why they're important using the internet right now Mm -hmm. with the desire for them to again be a public artifact that again, the public can come and enjoy and rejoice and collectively experience art and do things like sing together or worship together or play music together or or what have you. And I do think that there's an opportunity here for even maybe styles of music that we're struggling. And I'll say classical music. Mm-hmm. Maybe opera, maybe symphony, maybe whatever. I think there's an opportunity, if played correctly, to make things matter again. And through that, inspire a new generation of performers, educators, musicians, patrons, concert goers art lovers because right now we can't have it Mm -hmm. eventually that's going to change the real question is how do we capitalize on and navigate through the next period of days months years i don't know perna doesn't know the reality is nobody knows on the flip side of that, though, I think that there's a real – this is something that I, I really notice. Um, how do I say this? I have a lot of – you know, whether I, whether when I was teaching high school or, or even just – you know, there's a lot of folks who've just grown up having things so accessible electronically mm-hmm. that they don't really care that the live performance 
conferences were shut down because they never went anyways. Sure. Um, and and like I mean, example, a few months ago, uh, maybe maybe six months ago, the SpongeBob musical was coming to town. Guys, I love the SpongeBob musical. It is honestly one of the most heartwarming. It it has no right to be as good as it is. It is extraordinary. <laughs> you will cry. Well, I cried, but I cried everything. I have good taste somewhere under here. Uh, I like to say, I like to think. Um, it's the most Michael Ham musical I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but they, um, we were going to go, but like my friends were like, man, I love, like we watched like a little bit of a live performance of it. They, like from the, there was a live to TV that Nickelodeon did. And um, my friends were like, hey, I found out this is coming into town. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Let's go. And they're like, yeah, we're definitely going to go. And then they were like, because the ticket price was more than 20 bucks, they were like, sorry, I just don't see any reason why I would watch this live. I can just watch it online. They don't see or hear a difference, but I know both of you know, and I think anybody who's passionate as a performer uh, or, or passionate about classical music, honestly, they know when you're in a room, like I remember the first time I was in a small room with like a string quartet, okay? Like I was, you know, I was a teenager, but I was like, this, this is changing my life. Something about how these frequencies are vibrating this air in this room with these pieces of wood and metal is changing my life, you know? And, and I want people to have that. But I don't know how many people care about that because they don't know what they're missing. Right. Right. Like, And I think that that's most people now. Yeah. That's my, not to be really heavy here, but I think most people are, are in that boat. They're just full out of, I put in my my Apple and I put in my AirPods and I listen to whatever I want on Spotify and that's how I experience art. Yeah. You know, not even like I turned a speaker on in my house. You know, well, right. or like, and I don't know the solution to this, but you know, Jamie and I were looking. Being in Atlanta, we there are all these shows coming through and the Broadway shows that like travel. You know, the traveling tours they come to the Fox Theater and we're like looking at tickets for them. And I'm like, my gosh, it might just be cheaper for us to go to New York and see these than to buy a, a, like, you know, not even a good ticket to go to the Fox Theater and see this traveling tour. And, like, I want to. I want to see it. But, like, I would even buy season tickets. But they're so expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and so I, I think part of this is is speaking to a large issue that, that we're all going to have to deal with in the arts, which is we're all going to have to tackle how we do this and monetize it moving forward. For example, an orchestra is very expensive to pay for. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know how you lower the cost, um, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and part of that is that theaters are expensive to rent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe one of the ways that this is all surviving is may- maybe in an idealistic world, I'm thinking this, but but maybe this is helping us hit a reset button um, with, with all of this. Um, Regional theaters, local talent. Well, that's an interesting point, yeah. actually. And I think that's an important thing for music schools to be considering. We've been for my performing career. We've been <laughs> too, for too long 
all music schools have been trying to measure the success of their students or faculty by the same bar. Like, have you sung at the Met? Not personally, but... No, I'm sorry. No, no, I just mean, like, like we've been trying to have that be the bar. Or, like, did your clarinet student earn a spot with the New York Philharmonic? Mm -hmm. Well, how many clarinets are there in the New York Philharmonic? Two? Like, really? You know, I mean, so we've, in a way, we've forgotten to realize the success of, like, having a small theater or company or or chamber music group in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah. Poughkeepsie. Um, and that <clears throat> training our students to learn how to monetize themselves as a string quartet in Poughkeepsie. I mean, you know, I- I'm just making up a random town, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Insert yeah. your town in America here. Um but I, 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 again, I think it's another chance for us to hit a reset button with all of this, of of, mm-hmm. and and I how so. can we as educators take back our jobs as innovators and as inspirers, rather than be constantly judged by this bar of has your student sung on Broadway? Well. Yeah. I think it's also who an cares? unhealthy bar to set for students, honestly. Yes. As somebody who just left academia and like looked at performing and was like, what is the point? I can't do anything. But it's kind of coming around to like, you know, like I do just kind of miss performing. And so what if it's not at the Met? You know what? There's like a hundred how many girls out there that, you know, sing the same voice type as me and thousands. Yeah, thousands of girls who sing the same voice type as me probably have about the same level of talent and have just something that, you know, makes it a little bit like maybe they can actually dance. I can't dance. Maybe they've got the money to fly to all the auditions. I don't got that. Maybe they want to live in New York. Like that's hit me too. Like I don't love big cities. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a career where, like, I need to live in a big city, like, what's wrong with just a slightly more... Re- you know what I mean? Like, wh- like, we set these expectations and you end up with students that I think... Yeah, but can I ask you a question about that, Sarah? Yeah. In, in all honesty, and I don't... I, I think you know the, the spirit I mean this in. Do you think that that devalues your education? No. Or unvalidates not- it? No, not at all. Does it make you regret it? That's the thing. I don't regret anything. And that's the point. Yeah. That right there is the point. And that is the idea that those of us in music education, I don't care what level it's at. I don't care if you're teaching kindergartners to sing songs or if you're educating graduate students to sing Young Man's Exhortation or you're teaching undergraduate jazz majors to play bebop, that point that you just made is something that I think we've forgotten. And and it speaks to my point I was originally making, which is art still matters. And we've seen, we've seen the silly memes on the internet. 
you know, of like, while you're in quarantine, don't forget how much art matters. What are you doing all day? You're watching your Netflix and you're listening to your music and you're whatever and whatever. My TikToks. Michael's TikToks. <laughs> you know, I had to bring that up. Listen, we were talking about at Pumpinist, and honestly, honestly, y'all, I, I, like we were talking about all that, and I'm like, you know, and this is silly, but it's legit. Like, I've had a great time. I haven't posted uh, over half of them, but I have had a great time uh, finding these random theater companies on TikTok for like, yes. like here's one minute of waving through a window, just sitting in your apartment and seeing Michael, and and then some random brain surgeon. And a bunch of high school students are going to find your video and go, we need to make this blow up. And then you have 30 likes instead of two because I'm still in But it's like... <laughs> um, um, or, guys, I have been... I don't know why I've been really into... <laughs> into... There's so many alphabet-defying gravity TikToks. There is people. The one I saw today was where a guy was wearing a law... It was, it's, always, it's always some guy... Uh, wearing this long black witch's costume, crouched down on a chair, so he looks like he's standing, but he's actually crouching. You don't see the chair, yeah. and they're doing the. Uh, it's not who you want. She's gonna do it. It's me. It's me. And then he actually does. He stands up, and then they run behind him. They run behind him and slap the dress, so it's like the air. And he's doing, and they throw a squipper mop at him. He's got the squipper mop. Oh man! So if you care to find me, I mean, it's hilarious. So. Art matters, people. Um, yep. And uh, TikTok is literally helping me survive quarantine. <laughs> no, same. And it's making okay. me sick. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> just just thinking yeah. about moving forward uh, with our days. I know my kids have a piano recital this afternoon. Virtual <gasps> piano recital. Oh, that's so cute. Um, we are looking forward to that. But, um, you know, just from us, vocal fam, to you... We obviously, first and foremost, hope that you are safe and healthy. Yes. Um, and uh, for all of our colleagues um, around the country who have had loss of income um, or uh, loss of job um, or are just have reduced income or, or, or something of this mm. nature... Uh, know that we are we are thinking about you and we are praying for you whether you're a praying person or not we are praying for you and um, and for all of my colleagues uh, who are in higher education in music and we have no idea what our future looks like um, in in a in a sea of unknowns for higher education um, know that I'm also praying for all of us Um and we're going to have to remember through all of this that it's a chance to reset. It is a chance to reprioritize. It is a chance to remember. Maybe we've forgotten why we did this in the first place. Um, maybe we've forgotten why we set out on this musician path to begin with um, we did it usually at some point because we loved music because mm -hmm. we loved mm -hmm. the noises and the collective compression waves that were coming at us and um, I think that 
I think that um, it's a great chance to reflect a little bit and remember that art matters, that people are still going to want to make art when we're done with this, that people are still going to want to collectively sing together, that people are going to want that people are going to still want to learn how to sing better. Um, speaking more specifically to our vocal fry audience. They may not have the same resources to pay us just like we don't have maybe the same resources. We're all going to have to figure out um, exactly what the world looks like on the other side of this. But I think one of the important things to remember is there's so many of us that have been affected by this in the billions that we are not alone in any of this. Um, and uh, we will keep pressing on and remember to do something outside, whether that's just take a walk um, or a run. Um, do something for your mental health, meditate a little bit, pray a little bit, read something you haven't read before. Um, be productive if you want to be productive. Don't be productive if in a moment if you don't want to be productive. Remember every couple of days at least to take a shower. Um, or maybe every day. Or change your dirt. Who knows? Um, uh, <laughs> You know, and, and I've had to remind some people more than I feel like I should have. And I'm just clothes saying, are not meant to be worn. She looks day. off the side of the screen at someone. <laughs> I, and I really mean this. I, I am praying for any of you who might happen to be listening who who need a meal. Um, mm-hmm. I took the opportunity last night to donate to uh, Feeding America. Um, I watched the Parks and Rec special. Um, it was I was not expecting to be as emotionally caught up in it as I was when they played Lil Sebastian I was not expecting to be as emotionally moved as I was and I knew it was coming I knew it was coming and and I still was not expecting to be as emotionally moved by it as I was um and uh, I think it was just that I was, interestingly enough, virtually hearing a group of people singing together. Mm. Poorly. <laughs> well, yeah. Very poorly. And it was lovely. And it was just fantastic. Um, and, and very meaningful. And, uh, you know, one of my friends sent me a video this week, a fellow educator. And they're not, they don't consider themselves a singer. But they they were requiring something of their class that required singing, like a project, mm-hmm. and uh, like a video sent in, e- emailed in, obviously. And they sent them this, their students a video of themselves doing the project. Oh, okay. And I was incredibly moved by this video because it was someone using their voice in a vulnerable way in an emotional way saying words that meant something to them and and that isn't that why singing matters I mean isn't that really it in the end 
I mean, watching Michael's videos every morning, that moves me a lot of the time. Sometimes, I will admit, Michael gets a touch carried away and doesn't sing on pitch entirely. But that's just (laughs) Michael being moved by the spirit. That's just Michael being, you know, yes. that's just him enjoying his relationship with his Lord, and, and, and that's his thing. But it's still an honest expression with his voice. Um, yes. Other times, it's locked right in. <laughs> Man, those are great days. <laughs> was, was it, it was you or you or Mandy who were telling me about uh, Olivia. It was, it was Mandy telling me Olivia was walked by while, while Mandy was watching. And I did something, and it did not work. And it, Olivia it went, was you Ugh. went. You went for a high chorus, and it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, but listen, do yourself a yeah. favor today. If you've not, and you're a voice teacher or a singer, do yourself a favor and do ten minutes of singing. I don't care what you sing. Yeah. Sing whatever. Yeah. Sing a scale. Sing a scale for ten minutes. Sing the same scale for ten minutes. Maybe did y'all ever hear that song? The, I don't think it actually came from Sesame Street, but the sing the one where they're like sing, sing, sing a song, sing out loud. Yeah, you don't know. Okay, maybe it was just from Sesame Street. I don't yeah. know this. Maybe that was. I, I mean, I watched yes. Sesame Street when I was little. Sing when you're but. happy, not sad. Oh, I don't oh. know why, but like uh, I keep thinking of that song recently, and I'm like, oh, Sarah, okay. you're being a little too mushy. But if you haven't listened but to that honestly, song, keep. You should. It's. I don't know. It's not bad. Like I used to love that song as a kid. Well, I think you I know. might. Uh, I might. I would. I could probably capture the audio of Lil Sebastian uh, and put it at the end of the episode. <laughs> bye, bye, oh my gosh! Yes. Hey, I. I want to tell you guys about this real quick. This is my last thought. Um. So, you know, this is not meant to be like a controversial statement. I know that's a great start for anything. Good, good uh, start. Concerned already? Okay. I had, I had it. So, look, this was early on in the quarantine, and I like it was Passover, um, and I, I just, I chose, um, and along, along with three or four other friends, to celebrate a Passover meal. Um, some people, that's the part people might have an issue with is that I have people over to my home. Oh. These are people who all work from who all work from home and had literally not seen anybody for like two weeks. So it's it was not an issue. It was not like they're like still out working at a restaurant or something. And you didn't have and like so, more than ten people or anything like that that was breaking. No, no, no. It was still well within guidelines. But I had people in to celebrate a Passover. I just felt it was important for for spiritual reasons and just personally, I felt it important that night. I had uh, my friends were doing my dishes very poorly, I might add, but they wanted to help. So they were doing my dishes and they broke one of my plates. Okay. Right okay. down the middle. All right. And now I, I've been, I've been really following the, the art. Uh, last time I was on this podcast, I think I talked about um, Makoto Fujimura and the Kintsugi, that idea you talked of like about where it, you take a broken. Uh, yeah. It Is was, it with the gold? The gold. Yeah, yeah it's yes. really pretty, Akitsuki, honestly. A Kitsuki generation. Someone poured gold into your brokenness. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's beautiful. Um, he, Makoto, for those who didn't listen to the last one, Makoto said to the pe- to the survivors of Columbine um, at like the 20th anniversary, he said to them, you are a, you're a Kitsuki generation. Someone's poured gold into your brokenness and you've endeavored to honor that. And so, listen, Kitsuki masters... They'd save, like for a tea set, they'd save that broken cup, broken bowl, 
and they would set it aside for a future generation. You know? That someday someone would look at that broken piece and put it back together again. They'd ponder the brokenness for a long time and they put it back together again. Um, so without thinking about it, I took that plate and I threw it away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, about a day later, I was just sitting in my house and I thought about that and I dug that plate out of my trash and I washed it off. Good. And it is sitting, it is sitting in my closet in two pieces. And one day, when everything's open again, it might not be for a long time after things are open, but one day when things are open again, I'm going to take that plate and I'm going to ponder the brokenness in this whole time and I'm going to put it back together, you know? And there's going to be a sliver of gold right down the middle of it. Um, and we're going to remember these moments where there was gold in the middle of our brokenness, you know? And when we're made whole again, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm more emotional about this than I thought that I was going to be. I think um, it's beautiful. I, I've been, no, it's I've been thinking about fantastic. that. Fantastic. You know, one day, one day we're going to remember how 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 we were passed over in our plague, so to speak. Mm. You know, and so mm-hmm. you know, I'm holding on to that thing, and so I, I want to say someday, you know, right now you might just have broken pieces, but but one day that there's gonna there's gonna be art that comes out of the broken pieces that we're living in today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I've been yes. I've been dreaming of the musical that Lynn will be inspired to write from all of this. Oh my gosh. Or yeah. <laughs> well, and this there have been little aspects of beauty throughout this. Like I have loved seeing especially I see all these kids at work all the time that are just booked to the gills. Every spare moment, you know, they're doing something. And I have loved seeing their parents post and, like, seeing the post that they just have time to play. That they're just at home playing like children. And that they're honestly like, no, I like this better. They're loving to get it. They're around their parents. And I think I like seeing these parents realize that they like their kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just So they're little. They're just these little gems even now that's right that, yeah. i mean in what world did you two ever think that mandy spivak would agree to sing duets with me on the internet and it's fantastic i, I love so it nice. i love it i love it quarantunes <laughs> live and unprepared listen that's strauss though that's strauss i was like i was like you started and then you started so I, mean, I, was, I was like why is this we're starting with this how are we okay okay, okay. <laughs> and the be- guys you have to go back and find the Facebook video if you're friends with, with, with Nick on Facebook you gotta go find it because just he just holds the A and then you just watch Mandy take her hands off the piano and just look at him with this look of like are you serious right now I'm not gonna hold this we have kids to put to bed it's been 500 years. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. If Corelli can hold an A in front of a thousand people for that long, I can hold it in front of oh, 10 people watching me on Facebook. Gosh. <laughs> oh, now we're making Corelli comparison. Obviously. I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, good. Uh, I got nothing I mean, on Franco Grado. I've made great art during uh, during quarantine, by which I mean I've worked really hard on my Animal Crossing island. Yeah, we, we've, <laughs> so. we've noticed. Yes, indeed. Uh, Sarah, what do you have for breakfast? Oh, um, a donut. Oh, where did you get said donut? Mm, Publix. Mm, very good. 
Publix has really good donuts, guys. Loki, one of my favorite things about this place. I love Publix, it turns out. Yeah, being in Florida, Georgia, or Alabama, Publix is one of the best things it's, about... Uh, it's biggest, kind of like being in the Northeast and Wegmans. So it's funny. It's not Wegmans. even like that's where I want to go buy my standard, like, for the week groceries. Because it's but expensive. But I love... It's expensive. Yeah, I go to Kroger for those. But when I want, like, they make these good sandwiches. They use, like, legit French bread yeah, from your bakery. Publix subs. Public subs they're and Wegman subs both. I mean, it's a toss-up for me. They're both... Uh, I mean, but guys, listen, I live in West Virginia. I have Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Wait, they have a Piggly Wiggly in Morgantown? Piggly Wiggly! Not in Morgantown, but in the further... So- but, like, when oh. I go visit people... Mississippi's in the got Piggly State. Wiggly. Really? Yeah, in the little bitty towns, little bitty. I'm sure that Michael Ham just misses fried chicken from gas stations. I miss that gas station fried chicken. Oh man, that fried chicken, fried fried chicken. Yeah. Anyway, we've been trying to do our best to support local businesses too. I mean, we've been trying to get. I'll tell you who's been doing quarantine curbside delivery the best has been the bank by Pizza Shack. Man, they oh, have been, really, they have been man, they just bring it right out to your car, put it in your car, you just drive away, there's no contact, there's it's That's awesome. It's but they've been I, they've been tremendous. Jamie and I really liked their pizzas because they just had so many interesting flavors like that you just I we had never seen before. They're they also so- doing a thing now where they serve family meals. And if you buy like a family food. meal, they're donating a meal to a family in need. Oh, that's wonderful. That's um, wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's um, awesome. you know, hey, listen. Up let's north, all of the sheets have been, um, up north, all the sheets have been offering uh, free free meals for all the children. If you have a, if you have a child, they'll bring you a, they'll bring you like a sandwich and all the stuff for your kids. That's great. Oh, Sarah. I don't know what it's... Sh- I mean, I know sheets, sheets like sheets of paper, sheets on a bed. Sheets. sheets is a gas station that has food. Yeah. It's like... Oh, it's not quite... Right. It's, it, it's not Bucky's, but it's... I don't know what Bucky's is either. Oh, well. Anyway. He took a bad subway, um, a bad a bad fast food joint, and a gas station and shoved them together. That's sheets. Oh, like a Lugs. Yes, okay. except better than that. Okay. Loki, I actually love, I love loves. I love okay. loves. Anyway, my, vocal my fam. My gas station of preference. Uh, vocal fam, let's all love each other this week. Let's be good to each other. Uh, yeah. I, we promise that uh, Sarah and I will be back with more hard-hitting content, but we all need to, uh, listen, I don't know if they We've need- had a lot I don't of know hard-hitting if, content. I don't know if Sarah and Michael needed a break, but I just needed a week of just talking. Nope, same, same. We've had we've had a lot of legit content lately where, like, I have to get up on a Saturday and, like, look nice. I mean, guys, yeah. we had Christian Chris Harrips on the podcast last week. So, I mean... <laughs> uh, you had Christian Harrips on the podcast, but Mark Bittman replied to my Instagram post. That is so true. One of, us, one of <laughs> us has had a touch with greatness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, vocal fam. Listen, uh, we 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 appreciate those those of you who are still listening to your podcasts yeah. uh, in quarantine, and uh, we hope that maybe this uh, episode was in some way a help to you, or a respite for you, or something. Or you just laughed. Or yeah. you just laughed. Um, and I'm gonna. I see went it. and re-listened to Sarah loses it recently. 
And I laughed so hard, Michael. I laughed so I literally just listened to that story. You go actually. back to season one, early on in the podcast, there's an episode <laughs> called Sarah Loses It. It is If you need to laugh. If you need to laugh. <laughs> it's such a good episode. I need to go back and listen to that. You should. It was so funny. Oh my. My favorite person in that is actually Nick, because actually, <laughs> just hearing you just completely lose control of the podcast. Like, what? What? How do we survive? Should we just end the episode? Here? I don't know what to do now. <laughs> By the way, vocal fam, um, my my family is going through a complete MCU rewatch because my kids and my Same. wife. I've realized that my kids and my wife have not seen them all. And Shameful. so we're doing Shameful. we're doing one movie a night. We uh, last night we completed uh, Iron Man three, which I still oh. hold is the single worst movie of the entirety MCU, except maybe Incredible Hulk. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's rewatched not Age very of Hulk. good. It's not. We yeah. Jamie didn't can't hear me say that, but it's um, a lot like Spider Man. It's a movie that was made about needing to show Robert Downey Jr.'s face more than the suit. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I we rewatched Age of Ultron, um, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, and it's funny because that's one in my mind that I had thought of is not as good or one of my least. It's still good. I was I actually was pleasantly surprised. Like I like this, especially going back and watching it so much more than even the first time. Well, and then the other one that y'all unpopular opinion i actually really love um thor dark world that's tonight so i'm honestly looking forward to seeing if i now think that thor the dark world is actually really good i i low-key really enjoyed it like listen yeah thor the dark world i I remember months ago telling you guys that i watched it and i was like guys i'm surprised why do people hate it so much i don't get it like i actually really hate it People don't like Thor the Dark World because it's not as accessible. It is absolutely classic high fantasy. Right. Plus I, I think that's it. from Jane Foster's sidekick. You know? I, I think that is it, actually. because And we talked about that. There's not as much action. It's not so superhero-y. So, um, but I loved it, is, it. It is absolutely high fantasy. I think my son is but going to love it. He will. Well, and it's got Christopher Eccleston, so woohoo. But I'm also just reminded of the fact that, you know, literally phase two begins with Iron Man 3 and they start making genre picks. Yeah. It was like, we made all these comic book movies and then what do we do? We make a Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget that Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. They make a Christmas. They make a Christmas movie. Then they make a fantasy movie. Then Winter Soldier, and they make a spy movie. Then they make a family family comp dramedy with First Guardians. Then they basically then finally with Age of Ultron make another kind of comic kind of comic book movie. Except you know, yeah, I think you could call that a comic book movie, but I mean. I'm also reminded from the rewatch of First Avenger. He is the only truly good character in the entirety of the MCU. Who? Steve yes. Rogers. Oh, I know. Wait, okay, so in Ultron, you know that moment where, like, they're all trying to pick up the hammer, and he go and... Uh, Captain America, Steve goes to like pick it up, and he's so good. Like you, you see it wobble, and we know now. Like he totally could have picked it up. And you see him like 
no, this this would hurt his feelings. I leave. It I don't here. know that I agree with you. I don't think so. I think I think that he. I think that he couldn't have picked it up. I think it was a sign that one day he was worthy. I think I I don't. There's a nice theory floating around the internet after the Russo brothers live tweeted Endgame that he was not worthy until he had resolved that he knew that Bucky had killed uh, Tony's parents. Yeah, I can buy. I can buy that. But I just there's so many great moments with the hammer in that movie, like um, Steve and. Tony are talking like, oh, if you put it on an elevator, the elevator, because they're talking about, you know, um, Visions picked it up, and he's like, it's just like an elevator, like, put it on the elevator, it goes up, elevator's not worthy. I don't know if it, you saw this, but um, did you guys read through the Russo Brothers tweets of Endgame, of the live watch of Endgame? I watched no. one where, like, they they played the audience's reaction the first time they saw... Yeah, that video was great. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw that. that one of it. the things that they said was actually I think it was during the Infinity War live tweet I don't remember now um, they actually very early on in the development process for Infinity War very early on they said they abandoned this idea fairly quickly but in one of the very first drafts you know the whole thing with Infinity, Infinity War was like where is the Soul Stone right yeah yes their first idea was to have Steve be the Soul Stone. Oh, that would have been so cool! And that was probably one of the reasons why future Thanos, they had thought about that scene of him beheading Steve Rogers and then tossing out Steve Rogers' head, having taken the Soul Stone. Yes. Interesting. But anyway, they said they abandoned it as sort of as quickly as they thought of it. Yeah, I get that. That would have been that would have been an interesting road to travel. I seem to remember. I feel like you, Nick. I feel like you said that at one point I, during our conversation. I think if we went back and listened to uh, Infinity War preview, I think I might have even said at some point, "What if? What if Captain America is the Soul Stone?" Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's enough about that. If, if you've not read through <laughs> we keep that, trying that, to stop that series <laughs> of, t- go read through that series of tweets. It's a nice little five minutes. Um, and, and watching them, watching yes. the Russos be in the theater uh, for you know that end game showing, that was fun too. Um, so yeah. anyway, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us, Vocal Fam, Michael, Sarah. Thank yeah. you both. Um, Thanks. And uh, we're, we're we'll talk to you another day. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Leslie, you said you needed something to lift your spirits. So, Andrew, take it away. Up in horsey heaven, he is a thing. Every time with this song. Wyatt! There we go. legs for Once we will sing the best. This is a long song. Shut up, Ben! You take a run and leap and you learn to fly. Bye, bye, little Sebastian. Miss you in a sad fashion. Five thousand candles in the wind. I'm gonna run out my entire battery.
know we all miss you every day We know you're up there eating heaven's hay And here's the part that hurts the most Humans cannot ride goals Everybody sing it now Ride, ride, little Sebastian Maybe someday we'll sign up again No, I'll always miss my horsey's friend Spread your wings and fly Spread your wings and fly